and matters of the mind. Are you looking for answers, ideas, or just want someone to listen to you so you can vent? Join Dr. Peter Sacco as he discusses what matters most, issues that surround the mind. He gets to the heart of the matter when it comes to issues involving anger, depression, addictions, fear, anxiety, relationships, sex, abuse, bullying, and everything concerning you. And now, here's your host, Dr. Peter Sacco. How is it going on this beautiful Wednesday? It's been a stormy Wednesday so far here in the Niagara region, that is. But, hey, I guess you can call. It's springtime. I'm Dr. Peter Sacco, and I am with you. The Psych Doc is online, and with me always is my co-host and producer, Todd Miller. How are you, Todd? Doing excellent, and you're right. It is a beautiful day. Even though it's stormy, it's still a great day to be out there and, and living and making a difference. Yes, any day is a good day on Matters of the Mind, which you are now listening to. And, in fact, we got a pretty, really cool show because it kind of follows on the, how should we say, heels of a show we did not too long ago involving a fellow that was actually a member of a zombie squad. And we had a lot of feedback, I have, and people go, that was a really, really, really cool show, Todd. Uh, Why don't you do something more like that? And we're going to do something a little like that today. Yeah, I was. it was really a conversation starter. Those, there are those people that uh, one of my friends on Facebook has a countdown clock to the start of the next Waking Walking Dead uh, season, which I, is like 132 days away or something. I would not know that unless it was for her and this calendar. So, yeah, it was a conversation starter. There were a lot of people that are really into zombies. And I think we had some fun with Alex where we were just sort of talking about, you know, what ifs if what if there was a a zombie apocalypse and, you know, what armies would come to our rescue. It was a lot of fun. It absolutely was. In fact, um, this seems to be kind of a trend, not only with the walkers or the zombies and that sort of stuff, but what we're seeing more and more of, and I had this brought to my attention, and now that I've looked into it and I kind of experienced it, having been at a Comic-Con back in March, my team from Niagara's Most Haunted, which we're going, and I'll talk about this after a break, we're going to be at the Comic-Con this upcoming weekend, which is going to be a tremendous one, the Super Fan Comic-Con in Toronto at the exhibition uh, place from the 17th, 18th, 19th. We're going to be all weekend there, and actually we're going to be on the stage as well, too. And one of the things, Todd, that we came across is we are now hearing about really cool organizations. You know, everybody's heard about the Trekkies, those that dress up like the Star Treks. But what's going to be at this one upcoming weekend, and we met them the last time, is the 501st Legion. Have you heard of them? No, I haven't. They are um, an organization dedicated to the construction and wearing of screen-accurate replicas of Imperial Stormtroopers from Star Wars. Oh, I've seen I've seen some pictures of them now that you uh, you mention it. Very cool. Yeah, and if that's not enough, you get the ones. Uh, it's kind of interesting because I'll talk about this. Some of my members of my team are actually going to dress up uh, from the Game of Thrones. Um, I don't watch it personally. I probably will get around to it. So they're into that. Um, and then, of course, you can see the people, and I'm sure you're well aware of these, the Rocky Horror Picture Show people. <laughs> yes. I have seen a few of those, a few few more Frankenfurters than I'd, I'd care to see in public. But, hey, whatever uh, whatever floats your boat. And any time, they say, is the right time to do the time warp. And also, of course, with this being a Comic-Con, there are going to be a whole host of Spider-Woman, or Spider-Man, Batman, or Catwoman, which I guess my mind is too focused on that PVC outfit and the Poison, Yes, Poison Ivy seems to be another one that a lot of ladies dress up as. You know, the green uh, anti-hero in, in one of the Batman films and, and the Batman legacy. And you know what's really big? We saw the last time Sailor Moon characters in anime, which is really, really cool. That was what, the 80s? Sailor Moon? 70s? No, I think it was early 80s. And it's, you know what, Todd? It's all coming back. And you know what? This is kind of cool. I think um, for me and the team, my team that's going there from Niagara's Most Haunted, this is a blast. It's like literally the blast from her my past and actually coming up later in the show i am so blessed i met him at the last comic con we're gonna have paul nudick who is the president of showcase marketing limited and this is the brains behind the super fan comic cons that's coming to toronto and other parts around canada 
Awesome. Well, let's take a short break to fill those coffee mugs and and uh, get to get our uh, nerves settled for this upcoming uh, conversation about Comic-Con. You are, of course, listening to Matters of the Mind on Listen Up Talk Radio at talk-radio.ca. We'll be right back after this short break. Hi there. I'm Dr. Peter Andrew Sacco. And do you have technological rage? Oh, yeah. The new rage of anger. Download my new book today, Technological Rage, on my website, www.petersacco.com, and learn what technological rage is and how it is sweeping people today, leading to online dating anger, texting anger, and social online networking forums. Hmm, did you ever think you might get angry texting, Facebooking, or online dating? Maybe... You never thought it would happen to you, or maybe you know somebody that has this and you just need to understand it a little more. Welcome back to Mental Health Matters with your host, Dr. Peter Sacco. Welcome back to Matters of the Mind. The Psych Doc is back online. That'd be me, Dr. Peter Cycle, and with me is Todd Miller. So we had a really good show today. We're actually talking about, hmm, that's a really interesting way of putting it, costuming. Um, I think what they call it cosplay, I think, is the acronym that they're using now, costume play. So it's costume play. So yeah. I was asked uh, a couple questions uh, in regards to this, and that's why I thought we'd do the show on this, and because I got a great guest. Rarely do I get a guest this awesome, <laughs> which is Paul Nudick, which he'll be on later. But one of the things that I was asked, Todd, and this was asked to me by adults. Now, this is the interesting part. There's two different types of adults, quote-unquote, that asked me this. There was the adults that said, man, I am really all into this stuff. In fact, I've already spent 700 bucks on steampunk outfit, which is really cool because my team is going to be dressed up as steampunk this weekend, and that is taking um, artifactual clothing from the past, anywhere from 100 to 200 years ago, or replicas of it, and then blending it with current or futuristic. They said, am I weird for wanting to dress up like this? And then I have the other ones that say, you'd never catch me dead in this stuff. That is just bizarre, immature behavior. My kids do that, and I'm really worried about my kids. So, Todd, what do you think? Oh, here we go, trying to throw me into the throw me into the hot uh, water, the deep end. Um, I personally have a lot of friends on Facebook and in real life that uh, engage in cosplay. Uh, it's a big, big activity, and they spend a lot of money uh, to get into this and, you know, have replica uh, costumes uh, for sure. And um, not only that, but uh, there's a group of people I also know on Facebook that spend their weekends dressing up like pirates and going on plunders, pretend plunders. So it seems to be a growing trend where there are people. And it's I think it's for the most part, I think it's pure escapism. It is just a way to unshackle yourself from day-to-day -day life and say, I'm going to be Jack Sparrow for the weekend, and I'm just going to go <laughs> off, find some bounty, and grab a maiden, and drink some glog or grog, and, and have fun. Yeah, for those that are actually coming to Comic-Con this weekend, which I hope, it's called Superfan Comic-Con, which will be at the exhibition place, and Paul Nudick will be talking about it when he comes on our show and giving you all the insights. Uh, please definitely come, and here's where I'm promoting myself, self-promotion, but more so my 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 team, our table, which is Niagara's Most Haunted, we got the big section down in the corner, and then we're going to be on the stage talking at 12 noon on Saturday, a Q&A period. And you can actually actually see clippets from my TV series, our TV series. But check out Debbie Williams, Jimmy Williams, Jocelyn Rogers, David Buck Rogers, um, Erica Benedicti. Nick will be there as well as Hope and her daughter, Sarah. They're all going to be dressed up in steampunk. And you know what, Todd? Here's the best part. I've all told them I'm going in steampunk. I'm going to be the only one not dressed. And they're all going to be looking kind of cool. What are you wearing? Usual? Uh, for myself, yeah, usual. But I am going to go. going to get this. I'm going to do steampunk Jack the Ripper. There's something about it I think it looks kind of cool. Not that I'm condoning, you know, serial killing. But I just like to look at Jack the Ripper. There was something mysterious about it. Yeah, that's true. You know, when when crime was more elegant, I guess, you know, because 
back in the old days, the killers were always immaculately dressed. You know, they'd be blending into real life and everyday life. And you'd go, wow, that guy was a serial killer. Hmm. Couldn't figure that one out. Yeah, it kind of throws it for a loop. You know what? I really was going to I was joking around because Larry Thomas is going to be there for those that don't know him. Best known as the soup Nazi on Seinfeld. So I actually thought about doing that. You know, Todd, no soup, what are you, mm-hmm. my friend? That, and of course, one of my big uh, guys that I like, pun intended, Lou Ferrigno, the original Incredible Hulk. So I don't think it would look cool me dressed in green next to him. <laughs> it was funny because I was going to mention him before you mentioned him. I just thought, you know, if I would attend one of those, I would probably wear a very tiny shirt with some green body paint and I would sort of, you know, flex my muscles and bust out of my shirt that was probably the one of the the action heroes that i liked the most when i was a kid uh, you know uh the hulk dr bruce banner yeah and, and you know what's really cool about this uh, we uh i have another question somebody that had sent it in to me which i thought was a really cool question is it a cool thing dr sacco to engage in these types of activities because it does keep you young at heart and I got that actually from two different individuals where they said, is this kind of cool, this role-playing thing, or, you know, is it out there? Do people think that you're weird? And you know what? From my experiences being at Comic-Con, usually as a presenter, I usually feel like the weird one because I'm the one dressed in regular street clothes. Yeah, yeah, I know that. I know that feeling. I've walked it, past them and I'm like, oh, hiding my eyes because you're the only one that's dressed in normal street clothes. And yeah, and that's absolutely right. And you know what? I think... To quote the Alphaville song, Forever Young, I think this is a really cool thing. Because, you know what, I like to compare these Comic-Cons to... Remember the famous song by Ministry that came out in the 80s, Todd? Every Day is Halloween? Mm-hmm, yep. Really played pop- that, yeah. Yeah, very popular tune. Um, and with that said, it, it was kind of like people used to look forward to these... To Halloween, to dress up and to just kind of be something fun. You know, as you said, Jack Sparrow going for the plunder. And then there was costume parties, costume balls... And I think somewhere down the road, we got too serious as a society. So for those that ask me these questions, and I think they're really good questions, it's fun. I think as adults, too many of us stop being kids at heart, you know, and stop seeing the world through our kids' eyes because too many people are balancing two and three jobs, which I get it. But at some point, you got to start living as a kid because life is just too fast. In a mist, it's gone by. I think, too... You know, as we age, we put up these little barriers, and I think we are truly, some of us anyways, are truly um, afraid of embarrassing ourselves or afraid of embracing that, oh, I'm going to put on a goofy hat and some glasses or a towel around my back, and I'm going to be Superman for half an hour to play with my child. And you can tell those those parents that do that sort of stuff, and you go, that's great parenting. And I'm not saying it's not good parenting if you don't do it, but... It just helps you engage with your children a bit more. And when you're done doing that, I'm sure you feel pretty great. I mean, because you've, you've sort of gone back in time for a few minutes or a half hour, and you've just engaged that core sense of play that is missing from everyday life. Because you said two, three jobs, uh, you know, we've got to do the home stuff when we get home, and there's just no time for play. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you look at your life... Uh as kids, there's a certain point where we start to learn to take life too seriously. And at that point there, I think we kind of deviate from playfulness, I think, to a degree. And that's kind of where I think many lose sight of just, how should we put, having fun, kind of embracing life anymore. And there was a movie, I don't know if you re- recall it, because I had another question that somebody had asked me, because they said, Pete, I am a grown man and I collect comic books and I collect actually, it's funny because I, I find this funny because I'll be honest, anybody listening, I'll be a self-confessor. I actually collect superhero stuff, Marvel and DC Comics. I love it. So if you come into my office where I'm actually sitting right now talking on this mic, I am actually currently looking at Superman, Batman, Iron Man, and Spider-Man. Um, I'm looking right at him. I like this kind of stuff. My, so kids, are, my I, kids are coming to see Uncle Pete for the weekend. So. Are they? <laughs> and I got the Hulk. Not to leave out the Hulk. Are but they still that, sealed in the boxes or are they... I just want to know like, if it's okay actually, to play with them or not. Actually, some of mine are out of the boxes. My Kiss figurines, uh, Paul Stanley, Gene oh, Simmons, nice. Peter Chris, and Ace Fraley are all in the box. Still. So with that said, Todd, the question that I had is, uh, and, and to quote a 
famous movie, which I really laughed at, had Jimmy Fallon in it called Fever Pitch with Drew Barrymore, mm -hmm. where he has his entire apartment done up like Fenway Park, where the Red Sox play. And he's this huge Fenway, you know, Boston Red Sox fan. And at one point, Drew Barrymore says, oh, my gosh, you are a man boy. Meaning this guy that never grows up. So you know what I mean, Todd? Yeah. You walk into this person's house and it's all Star Wars figures. That's what this guy asked me. My wife thinks I'm a little off the deep end because I collect Star Wars figurines. I dress up as a stormtrooper. Sometimes when I'm feeling daring, Dr. Sacco has Darth Vader. And I collect all my comic books, which I have from the 1960s. Is there something wrong with me? That was, the, And I won't mention your name, my young fellow friend. And no, I think, you know, once again, it's playful because I, I throw this out there. And we had this discussion the other night. Uh, some guys like record collections, Todd. They collect <laughs> records. <laughs> what? Sorry, final. I didn't hear you. I was, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the question I'll throw your way, Todd, uh, since this go. could probably appease and appeal to you more, as one of my lady friends that's actually very outspoken on Facebook said is, you know, I think there is... you. No difference than, she goes, Peter, I collect lingerie. I go to Fantasia parties and I collect all this really funky stuff. But it's a little more mature than the records and the guys with their cars. Is she right? I think so. Let me just preface my response with, I think there's a time and place for everything. She would not go to work dressed in her lingerie only, you know, and she collects it because it looks nice. She appreciates it. Um, it it's usually well made. Uh, there's a sense of value there. And I think there's a sense of value for everyone, whether they're collecting um, action figures or Star Wars clothing or, or records. There's a sense of value there. But the time and place comes into play. Now, if, if the gentleman is dressing up as Darth Vader to go to the office, I think that's crossed a line where it's probably not okay to wear it to work. But if it's harmless and, and they're just doing it in off hours and maybe attending some conventions and blowing off some steam... All, all good, all good. Yeah, I think uh, that's a good point, Todd. And I think one of the things uh, which is important is not to get in debt buying this stuff, um, because I know women, uh, quote unquote. I'm sure I'm going to get some, you know, get a Mac for this one, because I know she's going to be listening. One of my best friends' wives, she has an entire shoe collection, which I think puts most shoe stores to shame, but they're all on her size. She's got one of everything, and this is the best part. She says, Peter. Sometimes when I see a pair of shoes I like, because I know they're going to become outdated because they're so original, I will buy two or three pairs of the same one in case a heel breaks with one and I got a replacement pair. So, Todd, I walked into this shoe museum, which is also known as their spare bedroom. It is wall-to-wall -wall shoes and closets and everything just shoes. And I was just, wow. You know, I can sort of, I could, the, the practical realist side of me says, you know, okay, um, buying an extra pair of shoes so we have replacement heels, okay, not a bad idea, you know, but, but if I were buying a, a 19, I don't know, 65 uh, Mustang, I probably wouldn't buy two so that I'd have spare parts. Um, you know, I don't know, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Again, there's that there's that line that we sort of talked about as well about addictive behavior, uh, whether it's, you know, gaming, um, uh, gambling, sex. You know, there's that fine line where there's, a, I believe, a healthy uh, adoption of a certain activity. But once it crosses a line, then you sort of kind of have to step back and say, OK, is this still healthy? You know, if she's buying three, four pairs of shoes in the same style and same color. Hmm. I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? It's kind of cool because our, our guest will be on shortly, um, Paul Nudick, who's the president of Showcase Marketing Limited. And he's the guy who puts together not only shows for Comic-Con, but also the International Home Show, the Interior Decorating Show, the Better Living uh, Boomer Show, as well as the International Home and Garden Show, which is um, seen throughout Canada. And what's really interesting with this, Todd, is what if we pitched this? You and I, we kind of get the copyright right now to this. What about if there was a Comic-Con for shoes? <laughs> you know, we'd, we'd need the entire National Trade Center down at the X if we had the shoe convention. Um, and that's one of the things I learned about watching, uh, you know, with my partner watching Sex in the City. I mean, there's a major shoe fetish in that show. And women, I've learned this since that as well. Women, one of the first things they look at at a guy are his eyes, but then secondly, his shoes. Did you know that? Absolutely. One of my really dearest friends um, actually had lunch with the Queen of England, 
This fellow was really high up in the entertainment industry back in the late 70s, early 80s in Ireland, right from Ireland. And I remember David telling me once, uh, Todd, because he said he worked for in a really high profile, expensive men's designer clothes. And he said the very first thing that you looked at when a guy walked in the store was his shoes because you cannot hide quality in your shoes. And if you know good shoes, you know you spent a lot. Even if they're worn up, beaten down or whatever, you know they were once expensive shoes. So, yeah. So that, that, that leads me to believe that there's a direct correlation between men's footwear and, and ladies' footwear because they appreciate a good shoe, and it's one of the first things they notice on a guy. So, again, they appreciate a good shoe. And as you've said, it doesn't matter how much life they've seen. You can still go, oh, that's a insert brand name here shoe, you know, where someone would recognize the inherent quality in it. So, hypothetically speaking, if you and I, when Paul comes on the show, were to pitch this idea, the International Shoe and Purse Show, do you think we're cleaning up? <laughs> oh, boy, I think we could retire after our first show. I think we'd have, you know, we'd have to have a fashion show, uh, the major shoe retailers. The, um, I think, you know, we do... Uh, the handbags, but you'd have to get um, eyewear in there. So the Dolce & Gabbana eyewear, you know, collection in as well. But I think, wow, that would be that would be an interesting weekend. Now, if we could couple it with a spa, a couple of spa, um, you know, showing up. And, and makeovers? Then, yeah, a couple of makeovers. And maybe couple of shoe makeovers, shoe makeovers. Ooh, I like that. Like the foot makeover. You get a pedicure, then you get to put on the shoe of your dreams. Yeah, I like that. We give a pair away. Um, and then also maybe some wine, a little wine and cheese, so that as they're wandering around, they're, you know, getting a little sustenance. And I think that would be a three-day, you know, I'm gone for three days. My cell phone will be off. Leave me alone. Take care of the kids, honey. I'm, I'll be back. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what's interesting? If you go, uh, as you go to the website, you remember the beginning of My Three Sons with the shoes and the hands going back and forth? Yep. That could be the commercial to start it off. There we go. With nicer shoes, though. Absolutely. Anyways, this leads us to our break. And when we come back, we are going to have, I think, an amazing guest, Paul Nudick, who is the president of Showcase Marketing Limited, which is tomorrow's customers today. So stay tuned. You're listening to Matters of the Mind on Listen Up Talk Radio at talk-radio.ca every Wednesday at 8 p.m. We'll be right back. Annoying. Frustrating. Of course you're referring to me. Some days. Enlightening. Engaging. And now you're referring to yourself. Most days. <laughs> Just a few of the words employed to describe our show, The Mots. You'll come up with your own. Hi, we're The Mots, Paul and Carol. Inviting you to join us weekdays at 2 on Listen Up Talk Radio at talk-radio.ca. And there's an encore performance with Mots Weekend. You can check us out at the Mots. Here's another word for you. Oh, I wouldn't go there. You're listening to Mental Health Matters with your host, Dr. Peter Sacco, on radio that doesn't suck.com and rtds.ca. It's Dr. Peter Sacco, Canada Psych Doc, who is on the line with Matters of the Mind. And as we've been teasing you for the last half hour, big, big, big weekend coming up in which my TV series and my group uh, from Niagara's Most Haunted will be participating in the entire weekend from May 17th through the 19th at the Exhibition Place in Toronto at the Superfan Comic Con. And with us now, as we said, we would have on the great Paul Nudick, who is the president of Showcase Marketing Limited. Hey, Paul, how's it going? Oh, good morning, Peter. I'm fine, thank you. How are you? We are great. So we're going to put you on the spot because Todd and I were talking and you didn't know what we were going to talk about first. So Todd and I have proposed something to you. And we want to know the feasibility and success rate of this. If you did a three-day trade show, which included only a shoe and purse show, how well would you do? 
Well, I think we'd do very well with the uh, feminine demographic, and especially if we spun it up with uh, some some uh, fashion uh, fashion shows and some, uh, I guess, some uh, show and sell activities that would, I guess, really benefit uh, the people that were selling, as well as we could probably add it uh, add in a charitable component, so donations could be sent to uh, Canadian breast cancer or something of that nature, I suppose. You see, Todd? And Todd even volunteered his feet for, like, modeling up there? <laughs> really? I want to see that. I will get a... I will... I'm saying it right here now on the air. I will uh, go on stage live and get a pedicure. And At and, least. And I want a big fishbowl and people can throw money at it while I'm getting the pedicure and then we'll donate that for sure. Well, might as well get a wax while we're at it. <laughs> okay. Now we're, we're, we're stretching it a bit, but... Okay. Anyway. Have you ever seen the 40-year-old virgin where the guy gets his chest waxed? That's just all painful. That's scary. So, <sighs> super big weekend. I know we're psyched and ready for it. So everybody, we got thousands and thousands of listeners right now that are probably saying, oh, man, I love Comic-Cons, or I don't know what the heck a Comic-Con is. So can you please tell everybody what is happening this weekend and what to expect? The superfancomiccon.com. Uh, is being held all weekend, Saturday through uh, Victoria Day Monday, at the Better Living Center Exhibition Place in Toronto. And uh, it's we have 100,000 square feet of, of nothing but pop culture fun. It's, uh, it's comic books, it's uh, accessories, it's clothing, it's, uh, it's uh, movies and series uh, props and sets. Uh, we have... Uh, very, very excited about this. We have uh, Gene Roddenberry, who is the uh, originator of the original Star Trek series. We have his original dining room suite, and uh, that's been donated by his son, and that's going to be uh, up on stage, and it's a great photo-op opportunity. So around this table have sat some of the biggest stars ever, from from William Shatner to Leonard Nimoy to all the Star Trek, uh, Jean-Luc Picard, have sat and broke bread with uh, Gene Roddenberry, so we're excited about that. We also have Smash Wrestling, which is uh, a wrestling match that is going to be going on several times over the weekend, well, several times a day, actually, every day, and uh, to complement that, uh, we have Kevin Nash and Maurice Willette, who are uh, WWE uh, famous wrestlers, uh, and they're going to be signing autographs all weekend uh, with about 25 other uh, celebrity stars from from every uh, di- dis- discipline and dimension of uh, sports, media, uh, film, television, uh, you name it. We've got a great cross-section of people to, um, to appeal to every age group. And um, there's something for everyone down there. We were having a discussion before you got on the line about, you know, just... The amount of money that that some of these people that attend these conventions spend, I mean, it's just such a, uh, it's really something that they embrace fully. Um, You know, I've done it to varying degrees over the year. I remember one Halloween dressing up as uh, William Riker from from Star Trek, and, you know, I found a a replica costume at a costume place in downtown Toronto, but then trying to find all the accessories, I couldn't find any of those. But anyways... Uh, it's it's incredible. Do you, do you find that it's growing? That more and more people are getting into uh, costume play and attending these conventions? Absolutely. Uh, it's exciting to to think that everybody's propelled and 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 spun forward by all the superhero movies that are really being very that are very successful these days. Everything from the Avengers to the upcoming X Men movie that's coming out. Uh, it's uh, the culture is really being. Uh, propelled by the Big Bang Theory and Inner Space and some of the other programs that are out there that are really uh, catering to and uh, complementing cosplay. There's Heroes of Cosplay, even. That's that's uh, almost a docudrama on a series of uh, how people can, I guess, uh, bring out their alter egos. And, and, and they those cosplayers that go professional contesting, and we have a cosplay contest in our show, uh, they spend months, if not years, uh, constructing a costume. And some of them are very high-tech and very tech-enabled uh, with lights and props. And they really try to imitate the reality or the pseudo-reality of, of what goes on in, in uh, high-budget films. And I, I believe this is how, how 
this culture, the youth of today, uh, really express themselves. They find that uh, this is this is their creative outlet, and it's a great way to to meet people. And you never know who's every aisle you go down. You never know what you're going to see next. You're going to see giant lizards. Uh, I think big this year is going to be Godzilla because that movie's about to break. Uh, and you, you you'll you see a ton of cosplayers that represent X-Men and Avengers and uh, Ghostbusters and uh, uh, anything and everything you can imagine, Doctor Who. So these people really get excited about this, and we're pleased to present that because it, this is an outlet where uh, in uh, Comic-Cons and other uh, events, uh, expos and so forth, they can really um, be them, be themselves or they they don't hesitate to uh, show show themselves off. It's funny because I find even when I was young, I grew up, uh, you know, I was born in the mid-60s, there was one Batman that I was familiar with, and that was the Adam, Adam West Batman. And since then, there's been several different iterations of Batman, Spider-Man, Superman. I find that, the, that these fans of the series sort of gravitate towards one of the particular versions of a superhero. And I've got some friends that are big fans of Doctor Who, and they say, oh, I'm Doctor Who number seven or number 10 or number three. So even within a particular superhero um, uh, grouping, they tend to gravitate towards one or the or a very specific um, superhero version, I guess, if you want to call it. That's, that would not be uh, unnatural. I think they relate to the... The person they relate to the character the person is playing, and uh, and I, and I th- certainly think they're uh, inspired by the the plot of the story of, of uh, whatever season they're following or whatever uh, issue they're episode they're following, and I guess it's just it's simply part of the culture. If you're born in the '60s, you follow one uh, one demographic. If you're born in the '50s, that's an elder demographic, or in the, in the '70s and '80s and so forth, and at these Comic Cons, you really find that children as young as ten and and probably younger, uh, they they come out because their parents bring them out, and I'm not sure whether that's because their parents are inspired to inspire their children, or whether the parents are just bringing their children because it's something they want to do. But really, I think it's timeless. I think it's going to be here forever. I mean, as you said, uh, we we followed shows that came out in the '60s and. Uh, uh, that is timeless, and that's the, uh, the demographic and the uh, and the genre that we follow at the time. And it and it's it keeps modernizing because of uh, because of technology too. So let me ask you this then, Paul: Would you say that you're a big kid at heart still? And if so, what kind of genre do you like? And would you be dressing up at all this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be dressing up as a show manager. I'll I'll just look like everybody else. I think that's what they call axe murderers. But you know, uh, I, w- I will just be uh, sort of directing the event. And uh, so I guess the genre that I follow, uh, I mean, I, br- I was brought up with Star Trek, the uh, original series. Uh, I, I followed that, and that was really the science fiction beginning, if you will. And then certainly Star Wars took over. And Star Wars, the uh, series, is, a, is probably... Uh, the most successful uh, franchise ever, and it happens to be in science fiction. So, how perfect is that? So, I follow those those kind of lines myself. You know what, Paul? I had a uh, a question from one of our listeners, and actually, they're on my Facebook because they know we're going there this weekend. And one of the questions that this mom and husband, her husband, asked because they're bringing their kids, is what makes your superfan Comic Con different from the other Comic Cons? Well, uh, for one, we're really fan-based. We're we're uh, we're we're all about uh, providing the experience for the fans. So we have uh, theme decoration going on. We have a uh, bat cave entrance. We have I told you about the Gene Roddenberry uh, uh, Star Trek experience. Uh, we we really try to spin it up from from what people might not expect. Uh, my background is film and television. I used to be an assistant director and a property master and on feature films and, and in television shows. And, and I like getting the experience up on stage or on the screen or uh, really uh, in, in reality just to present something that makes something memorable and people are going to go home and talk about it and tell their friends about it and chat about it over dinner. 
So it's, uh, I, you know what, it, they're all different because they all are uh, propelling on the most recent uh, changes and events in, uh, in the culture and in the movies and so forth. But uh, we are offering an experience in the, in the, I guess, end of spring, beginning of summer that, uh, that people don't have to wait for anything else. They don't have to wait for the fall. So things, uh, you know, that, that, that's the kind of thing we try and do. You said something interesting. I heard you say that um, you have a bat cave entrance. Which well, yes. As I say, my background is uh, props and sets, and so we have a just, just a, a darkened, uh, uh, decorative, uh, I guess, uh, set that we've created, and that's going to sort of bring people in into a different experience that they don't normally get. Uh, we have sound effects. We have. Uh, uh, audio playback track that we're going to play all weekend. We're going to, uh, I guess, really just try to create some kind of a sensory experience. Very cool. And and as we sort of touched on with the differing, uh, you know, there's there's constantly seems to be rebooting of, of franchises, even within the same decade, which, um, you know, I guess it embraces new fans because, I mean, it, you know, either a Tobey Maguire uh, Spider-Man fan or your, you know, the animated Spider-Man fan. But I can see these reboots happening, you know, into the future. And I, I also see some of the comic um, creators going back and, and figuring out ways to bring some of the lesser known characters to the big screen. Like Captain America was always popular, but I don't know if he was as popular as, as uh, you know, some of the other characters like Iron Man or Spider-Man. But they found a way now to bring him back and... and uh, introduce them to a new audience. I wondered about that, too, because uh, until I saw the first Captain America movie, I'd forgotten that they sort of amped him up with, uh, with the technology of that uh, reinvention machine or whatever it was. And mm-hmm. then, uh, uh, you know, he, they, they created him as the first Avenger, and he was really uh, an inspiration to a culture that was devastated by the World War. And they... Uh, they inspired, uh, I guess, confidence, and they inspired the, you know, Uncle Sam wants you and all of that, and uh, and they 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 gave him, if not superpowers, certainly enhanced powers of of, of strength and reasoning and uh, capability, and and that that almighty shield is incredible. So uh, really, he's uh, of all the superheroes, and they I guess they give him sort of a precedence calling him the first Avenger, which gives him a, a, a leg up. But uh, it's just a, just a way, I guess, to to create something that's, um, that's uh, I guess, if not loyal, it's uh, patriotic, and it, and it inspires the others, too. So I think it, he brings a cohesion to the, uh, the rest of the Avengers, in my opinion. I'm still waiting for Captain Canada to come to the big screen, but I don't <laughs> think that's happening anytime soon. <laughs> That's uh, that's that's a long way home, but uh, yeah, I'd like to see it, but I don't know how they can. Or even a Dudley Do Right movie. I mean, we need our own superhero up here. Yeah, we do. Well, you know, maybe you got something with that Dudley Do Right idea, but I think that's already been captured by um, by the cartoon, that's and true. Uh, and it, I guess it is what it is. But we'd love to see Canada have its own representation of its own superhero, somebody that we can admire and really uh, connect with. Well, I think we, we sort of claim half ownership of Superman with Joe Schuster being the first one to draw him. So he's, he's uh, you know, he's got uh, dual citizenship, shall we say. No question. Uh, very proud of the fact that uh, Joe is a Canadian and, uh, and Superman was originated in Canada. And uh, when I was thinking about it the other night, I mean, of all the superheroes there are, look at all the powers that Superman has. I mean, who, who's got the strength and the ability and the, uh, uh, I guess, laser eyes and everything else that you can, all, and he can fly. I mean, he's got everything rolled into one. He's, that's why he's Superman. He does uh, have one significant weakness, though. That's his downfall. Yeah. Maybe there's a way Superman can be re, rebooted or rebranded as Canadian. I mean, that's, don't, I don't see how you put a big C on his costume, but, you know, maybe there's something there. But uh, anyway, it's all good, and uh, and yeah, Canada needs its own uh, superhero identity, if if uh, if you will. 
You, you know what, Paul, I guess, and we've brought this up, we've talked about it, Todd and I, and I've talked about this with people in general in society, because we are so caught up in this quote-unquote texting age, technological age, and all this kind of stuff. Do you find, like with these Comic-Cons, that this return to superheroes, and we're talking like these type of superheroes that came out 50s, 60s, 70s that were really popular, does this instill, I guess you could say, positive virtues of morals, standards, righteousness, and a good overall sense of being a good person? Do you find that? Well, I, I never thought about the technology side, but I do believe that the superheroes give us, uh, bring honor and bring, uh, uh, I guess, respectability to the, to the cause. Uh, you know, most superheroes have an alter, um, alter identity, which is, like a Clark Kent and, and, and people that are bullied or people that are really uh, not uh, looked as as a sort of a brawny hero, but but they do have great morals, great great uh, intent and, and honorable uh, uh, directions, I guess. So uh, technology is probably just uh, a sidebar enhancement of that, and it allows their true... Um, patriotism or their too, true uh, no, nobility, if you will, to come out. And I think that's what's, I think that's the real superpower. I, I think that they are really bringing home to roost some of the good causes that, that we live for. I know Stan Lee always trying to put it, tried to put uh, good causes into his stories, and I guess causes that were topical of the day. And uh, that, I think that rules, as far as I can and you know what? The reason I bring this up, Paul, because it's interesting. I've written a, a recent book on bullying, and I've sat on various panels on radio shows and lecturing right across uh, both Canada and the United States on this. Is It's kind of interesting that with technology and the anonymity of hiding behind a screen, a lot of Internet bullying is occurring, and it's almost like this is where the villain is kind of coming out, where you've got the person like the Clark Kent Superman thing, the, or you can go with the Flash, um, any of them, Bruce Wayne, or they're the stand-up citizen, and then... You know, then their their alter ego is the good. But then, if you look in a lot of these, in the cases, you've got the villain that just goes villain. But in some ways, they're stand up in the real world. But then they have this alter ego. What we found with internet bullying is this is where a lot of this is coming out, where this person's alter ego is gone in the negative way. And if you want to put it this way, as somebody who said it to me, this is like where the real villains are today. I think it's uh, outrageous that, and I don't know how to, I don't know what the solution is. I think it's entirely outrageous that somebody can get on the internet and bully somebody else or demean somebody else and do it anonymously. And, you know, Wikipedia and all of those other outlets uh, allow for it. And all of a sudden, what was rumor or what was gossip or what was bullying becomes the norm. And then people become desensitized to that. And all of a sudden, they, they, they pile on and they just get involved. And I think it's just ludicrous and, 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 and I don't. I don't really have the words for it. I just think it's awful that uh, that this is allowed to happen, and apparently it is. And if this is the way society is headed, I guess thank God for superheroes that can try and bring it back. But of course, that the, that uh, vein of culture doesn't doesn't rule in everybody's mind, not in the entire population, of course. And I don't know what the solution is. But I entirely see your point. I entirely agree with the. Uh, the awkward position that, that we're all in because of uh, the anonymity, anonymity of uh, the internet. I think, you know, following up on that, I, I think most of these big budget movies and and uh, comic book characters in general, it's it's a morality play. It's doing the right thing, uh, you, even if no one's looking. And it's also a sense of escapism for people that that are really looking for, wouldn't it be nice if there were a real Superman that would come and restore order and take care of the bad guys for us? Um, so that's really what I think it's about. But my main question was, at these Comic-Con events that you put on, do you find that there's an equal balance between people that want to embrace the good and people that want to embrace the bad? So let's say you had someone that had been in a in a Star Wars movie as one of the bad guys. Do you find people want to meet them as much as they do the superheroes? I think that is absolutely true. I think uh, people want to... They don't identify with the evil in the bad person, but most in most cases, not all cases, of course, but in a lot of cases, uh, some of the evil villains or protagonists are 
I guess, inspired from the position of something went wrong with them. Some something triggered them. They, you know, they were exposed to radiation, or they were uh, gassed, or electrocuted, or they all of a sudden, you know, it makes a good backup story to how they became a villain. But I think that people, it's escapism, absolutely, and I think that, you know, where um, I'm just trying to relate it back to the boomer generation and there were so many of them that uh, they had to fight and compete be competitive and and, uh, I guess some of that became a little nasty but uh, so nowadays uh, these generations they don't have to compete so so much so their outlet or they're looking for expression in in the uh, evil ways or in the in the good versus evil type of uh, conflict and ultimately, and the best of it all is, is that most of these movies end up with good um, conquering evil. But I do think it's a part of the part of the fixture of this uh, pop culture. I think it's here to stay. Uh, I don't agree with you know villainous activity, but it gives a platform for the hero to come in and save the day. But it. it- could usually triumphs over evil, evil unless they've announced that it's a three-picture deal. In which case, movie number two is definitely going to have to be the bad guy, the protagonist winning a battle so that they can set up picture three. That's true. That's so true. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time. But before we let you go, Paul, anybody and everybody listening today probably wants to know, hey, how can I come to Superfan Comic Con this weekend from May 17th through 19th? So, Best ways to get a hold of you and find out more about this, Paul? Well, the best way is to uh, go on our uh, website, which is uh, superfancomiccon.com, two C's in the middle of uh, Comic-Con. And uh, you can buy tickets online. You can buy tickets at the door. Uh, There are uh, three-day VIP tickets. There are single-day tickets. And there are uh, three-day regular tickets. So uh, you want to come down and see and be seen, you can come down for three days. We're open uh, Victoria Day Monday. Our hours are 10 to 7 on Saturday and Sunday and 10 to 6 on Monday. And we're at the Better Living Center at Exhibition Place uh, on uh, Lakeshore, downtown Toronto. And uh, we hope everyone comes out and has a great time. Excellent, excellent. And for anybody listening, you can also check uh, Paul's event, which is going to be a great event, the Superfan Comic Con, also on our website here at Listen Up Radio, as well as my own websites as well. And we hope to see all of you come out, because it's going to be a blast from the past, which is in the present. (laughs) Sure is. You're, of course, listening to Matters of the Mind. The doc is online. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. You are listening to Matters of the Mind on Listen Up Talk Radio at talk-radio.ca. Time to think about retirement savings. As a consultant with Investors Group Financial Services, Kevin Murdoch can help put time on your side with timely RSP, tax savings, and business planning tips to help you maximize your investment returns. Now is the time to call Kevin Murdoch at 416-292-7229. That's 416-292-7229. Because after all, with RSPs, time literally is money. The plan by Investors Group, a personalized approach designed to help you prosper now and over time. Welcome back to Mental Health Matters with your host, Dr. Peter Sacco. Solomon Grundy And sometimes I despair The world will never see another man Like him Hey Bob Soup had a strange job Well hello there, welcome back to Matters of the Mind The doc is online, that'd be me, Dr. Peter Sacco And before we leave you all today I'm going to leave you with a thought if you could be any superhero in the blink of an eye, and you could be the superhero for a day only, which one would you pick? So, Todd, whom would it be you'd pick? I have to go to my original superhero uh, love, and that would be Underdog. <laughs> <laughs> really? 
You know, I, I don't remember how old I was. I still have uh, vague memories of me being, you know, uh, old enough to walk, but uh, fighting with my dad. And I would take my super energy proton pill and that would be it. I would my dad would be on the ground and uh, super, you know, underdog would win the day. So that would that would probably be kind of cool if I could be him and uh, fly around. And, and my kids love underdog. It's funny because, you know, what's old is what is what's new again. We're finding uh, underdog DVDs for sale in the store. Uh, we're finding Space Ghost cartoons on on YouTube, you know, stuff that was, you know, popular back in the 60s when I was a kid. And kids are just really glomming on to that again, going, wow, that's so retro, it's cool. It is really interesting. And you know what? Somebody uh, had actually asked me this. We've had this debate many times in Starbucks, um, Second Cup, Williams, Tim Hortons. I think I got all the coffee places covered that I go to. Is uh, is really Batman and Iron Man really superheroes? Because if you take the all the, the gadgets away from yes, yep. away from Iron Man, and if you take all of the gadgets away from Batman, are they really superhero on the same playing field as the Flash, um, as Captain America, as Spider Man, as Aquaman, and then you also have to look at Superman, who is an alien, as is the Green Lantern. And my answer for those, and I'm going to probably disappoint you. Probably they are not superheroes. The oh. Hulk is the real deal. There you Come go. Come on. So you haven't answered the question yet. Who would you be? You know what? If I could be superhero for a day, I think I am going with the Flash. There's speed, grace. He is strong. He's all of it. I think that's kind of cool. Just think about it. With the way I live my lifestyle, Todd, he could get so much done in one day. I would be so caught up for a year. Okay. And if I could be a female superhero, if we're going to go there. Um, and we did. I would be uh, probably Wonder Woman. That cool invisible plane, the lasso, the, the little armbands that deflect bullets. That, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool for a day. So if you're willing to be a woman, <laughs> then how about we just be the Wonder Twins? There you go. Wonder <laughs> Twin powers activate. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, I, you know, I will respectfully disagree with you on superhero. Though I do think anyone that goes above and beyond the Call of Duty, whether it's through technology or some sort of altered. Uh, you know, strength because of some industrial accident or being bitten by a spider. I still think that they are a superhero. They are being a hero that goes above and beyond. Absolutely. Anybody, and I think, and I'll, I'll leave this uh, as my closing thought for the day. Anybody who does anything great in society for the betterment of society, helping people, leaving the world in a better place than that you found it, you are a superhero in my books. Couldn't sum it up any better. Join us right back here next Wednesday at 8 p.m. for another episode of Matters of the Mind on talk-radio.ca. Have a great day. You've been listening to Matters of the Mind on Listen Up Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Peter Andrew Sacco. Reach him on his website, petersacco.com, or you can reach him through Listen Up at talk-radio.ca. We really thank you for listening. Reach out to us on Facebook, facebook.com slash listenuptalkradio, on Twitter at at listenuptalk. We'll catch you next week. You don't need no pills. That man is not your man. And that's why I'm